This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Missanelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome to the Mike Missanelli Podcast brought to us by Bet Rivers. We're doing it on Thursday. June the 22nd, coming up, an interview with Inquire Features writer Matt Breen, but a lot of stuff to talk about, and we always like to start the podcast with something we call the current, stuff that's going on currently. Uh, so let's talk about the NBA, and the draft is tonight, but that's not the big story in the NBA. The big story in the NBA is a trade that was consummated right before midnight last night. It was pre- presumed that it was going to be dead but it resurfaced later with another team. The Boston Celtics get Kristaps Porzingis and a couple of draft picks in a deal where the Memphis Grizzlies are involved and uh, the Grizzlies get Marcus Smart. So the Celtics, I like Marcus Smart a lot. I thought he was a pretty much of a glue guy for that team, but they get a much better player in Porzingis. And it does, the Celtics are now in Vegas, the second favorite right behind the Denver Nuggets to win it all. I, uh, and it, it, what this does for the Celtics, it makes them much better than the Sixers, but it, it also opens the floor for their two superstars, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum now with a big like Porzingis who can shoot three-pointers, meaning a, a big has to go out and guard him, and you have to pay attention to him, and that gives more room for those two guys to, to operate. Now, who's the point guard? Well, let's look at their team right now. Their starting lineup now should be Derek White, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Rob Williams or Al Horford, whoever they use, and Porzingis. And Malcolm Brogdon stays. He comes off the bench, and I don't know what they're going to do with Grant Williams. That's a pretty good team right now. So Porzingis, who I always thought was kind of an underrated player, can do a lot of things. And it just bugs me that the Celtics have cornered the market on big white dudes who could play. I'm just sick of it. I can't stand it anymore. It seems like every white dude who can play a little bit flocks to Boston, and another one gets there. So now what the Sixers might do tonight, they don't have a draft pick, and the word is that Tobias Harris could be on the move. Indiana interested, a couple teams interested in Tobias Harris. We'll see if the Sixers pull that trigger tonight. I'm guessing they won't pull that trigger tonight. I'm guessing they will make some kind of marginal trade to get some kind of a second-round pick. But again, Boston who beat the Sixers last year, gets better. Uh, they they uh, surround their team now with a, with, with a big guy who can actually play. And uh, I'm just uh, I'm just beside myself. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. They're the Patriots of the NBA. I, I'm, just, I'm just sick of this whole thing. I, I When it was dead last night, I go, oh, good. They're going to run back the whole thing next year. They're disjointed. They're going to be disjointed. It. And then all of a sudden, Memphis comes in. And dangles uh, a, a player. Tyus Jones is a pretty good player. But the thing about Marcus Smart, he's going to make Memphis pretty good. You got John Morant down there who needs some guidance. They're going to be without him for 25 games. Marcus Smart steps in there. 
So it's a deal that looks like it'll help both teams, and it certainly does not help the Sixers. And we'll just have to hold our breath for tonight to see if they do anything in the draft or whether Tobias Harris has moved. So let's move on to the Phillies. Now, as we're doing this podcast, the Phillies are in an afternoon game with the Atlanta Braves. Uh, game one was they didn't cover themselves in glory. So let me just go over that for a second because I got some beefs here, uh, the, the disparity now between the Braves and the Phillies. So I'm watching the game. This is an important series to start, right? you got to really be, have your head in a game in a series like this. Well, the manager didn't have his head in the game. manager made some questionable bullpen moves. And people, I'm looking at Twitter, and they're going, what the hell's going on with with uh, with Rob t- tonight, uh, uh, Topper? Uh, so he didn't have a great night. And then I'm watching the game later. I'm going, all right, the Phillies are down 3-1. to one. Here's JT Ruamuto, and he hits one kind of in the gap. He tries to get two out of it. And I'm going, on what earth, if you're a baseball player, do you think that's a good move? Uh, now, it had to go to replay. They call it, Maybe he was safe. It's not the point. What do you have to gain? If you're a baseball player, you're, always, you're supposed to be thinking. you got enough idle time to think there. So in real time, you should be thinking, what's good does it get me to second base? It's We're down two. Uh, if I get on first base, uh, I you know I, my, my guy can hit a home run to tie the game, but I do nothing at, at second base. So he tries to do it. I'm going, that, that's just a bonehead play. They're playing the Atlanta Braves. you got to have your head in the game. All right, later in the game, I'm watching the game. And I like Alec Bohm. And Alec Bohm is playing uh, designs with his spikes in the dirt at third base. And Acuna is looking at that second. He's looking at everything. I guess I better steal third. He steals third without Bohm knowing it. This is a major league team. I've got, all right, well, they're really, really ready to play this series. So uh, so let me carry on. I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe they win. Uh, but let me, let me look at the Phillies because uh, I'm looking at the Braves. And I'm looking at the the pitching situation with the Braves. Now, they start Spencer Strider in game one. Uh, Spencer Strider's an ace. Uh, But they lost several pitchers this year. They lost Max Fried. They lost Kyle Wright. They lost Soroku, who they thought was going to come back. They lost Dylan Dodd. So all of a sudden, they pull out rabbits out of their hat. They had a 20-year-old kid who comes up named A.J. Smith Scheuer. He started in single A this year. He's at the big club right now, pitching well in his few starts that he's had. They also have a guy who's pitching today, Bryce Elder. 2.60 ERA in 14 starts. They have a left-hander named Jared Schuster. He's got a 3.58 ERA in his last six starts. They just overflow with talent from their farm system. The Phillies can't find a fifth starter in their system. They've had one, they've got one guy in the rotation that's come through the system. That was Aaron Nola. They thought they had Painter this year. Who knows when he's going to pitch? And that's it. They got nobody else. The Braves, they throw them out like like playing cards. Here comes an ace. Here's a jack. How about a king? It's unbelievable what the the disparity in these two organizations. Listen, they're not going to catch the Braves, okay? The Phillies have to get a wild card spot. I never thought they were going to win a division. I got it out of my head. I'm just following the wild card standings from now on to see if they can get in. And I still think they can get in. They're playing good ball now. At least they're hitting. Uh, so we'll see where they stand. I don't think they should have any problems with the Mets the next series. If they lose uh, these two games to the Braves, I go, what What, what does that say? I, I didn't think they were as good as the Braves anyway. So it really doesn't matter what they do today. All right, let's go back to the NBA draft in the current for a second. Darren, I'm going to bring you in here because this is uh, something that I always I always look for investments that are sure things. And I go, okay, Victor Wembayama 
is minus 20,000 in Las Vegas to be the number one pick in today's draft. There is no chance on earth that Victor Wembayana will not be picked number one. Would it not behoove you? And listen to me here, all right? Because I'm making a lot of sense. You can't lose. This is a bet you you cannot lose. It's not like even a game where somebody can get hurt. This is an absolute exact event that's going to happen tonight at minus 20000 So if you bet a million dollars at minus 20000 in a bet you can't lose, would you do it? I don't know if my math is right. You either win back five thousand or fifty thousand. I think it's five thousand at minus twenty thousand if you bet a million dollars. But it's like you again. It's like throwing out a fishing line, put it in water, pulling back. You got five thousand. Now, seriously, is this the surest bet in the history of Earth? If you've got the money to throw a million out on this, it just makes you know you can get the five thousand to your daughter and say, "Go out and buy yourself something nice, hon." I th- listen. If you've got a million dollars to throw down on a bet, you just give your daughter the five thousand anyway. <laughs> it's not worth the aggravation. Of, really, there's no aggravation. There's no aggravation because now What's I got the aggravation. There's no aggravation. Happens. You can't possibly lose this bet. It's it's but it, to me that's not. There's nothing fun about. Like, what do you mean you there's nothing to, fun? It's fun knowing you can't lose. <laughs> I wouldn't. I mean, to me, that's it's not, not fun. No, it's one, not the, worth the, the One of the most aggravating things I ever do is when I can lose a bet, and I do lose the bet. If I put a bet down and I know I can't lose, I'm, I'm, what? that's so comforting. It's like wrapping yourself in, in swabs <laughs> of cloth. Uh, if you got mo- if you got a million dollars to throw down on a bet, 5000 is not making you – it's not exciting you, Mike. So, I, I can't believe it, that you're even – It's not. I, this is the this is the greatest investment. Where are you going to get a return in in an hour if you make this bet? One hour, you don't have to wait a day. Again, if you've got enough money to throw a million dollars down, five thousand is not it's not worth the hassle. And, and I don't there's think no hassle. Why do you keep saying there's right a hassle? There's no hassle. It's a hassle. How? I, because What's the have- hassle? You gotta. First of all, you gotta make sure you gotta put the bed in. You gotta watch. You gotta worry That's about a hassle. the of What if, God forbid, something happens and San Antonio? Nothing can happen. What can happen? Me. Nothing can happen. It's not enough of an ROI for me. You are so misguided. It's ridiculous. That's I not. A, that's a big a, nut you gotta ha- drop. You were not at a sure bet because of the hassle of trying to get the money. That's, that's what you're telling me. To drop. It's too. It's. It's just. There's not. It's not good business. You're ridiculous. That. Uh, let me tell you something. I may bet fifty thousand on it just to make a couple dollars, just to prove you wrong. All right. There's a big difference between dropping fifty thousand to win a bet and dropping a million dollars to win a million dollars. You get a bigger payout. That's all I'm saying. All right, let's move on. College World Series tonight, folks. Wake at LSU. I know College World Series doesn't float your boat. These are pretty two pretty good teams. I watched them last night. Wake loses to LSU, forcing the uh, all deciding game for tonight. Uh, The winner of tonight's game will play Florida. For the national championship. Now, I bring this game up because three of the top seven projected major league draft picks are in it tonight. Two of the pitchers are going against each other. So for Wake, I mean, uh, for, yeah, for for Wake Forest, the seventh pick projected in the draft is a right-hand pitcher named Rhett Lawler. He's got long hair, the whole bit. He's got the look. Uh, the top pick in the draft is supposed to be outfielder Dylan Cruz from LSU, 
And the second pick in the draft is supposed to be Paul Skeens, a right-handed pitcher who has this mustache, and they make T-shirts with his mustache and his beard. And they wear them. All the LSU fans wear them. So tonight, the two pitchers are going to be drafting the top seven are going against each other, and maybe the top pick in the draft, the outfielder, Dylan Cruz. So if you're interested in baseball at all, check it out. You can do your own scouting on these guys, and I plan uh, to do that. It's the Mike Missanelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Our guest today on the Mike Missanelli Podcast, um, of course, he's a, 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 the great takeout features writer for the Philadelphia Inquirer. After covering the Phil's, uh, on the beat uh, for a while. Uh, Matt Breen joins us. Hello, Matt. Hi, Mike. How you doing? Doing good. I, I love having a guest like you because I can go all over the place with you now. I don't have to restrict it to baseball. But um, we'll, we'll start out with the boys. Now, it rained out last night. Um, very interesting thing the Phillies put the fan base through last night where they didn't give any updates or any information, and, and then all of a sudden the game was canceled. They said the game's going to start at 7.15. So they get a, they get a day off from the Braves. Uh, I don't What does that mean? Is it uh, is a day off good? I, I don't know. They're, re- they're ready to play. Nola gets pushed to today. What, what's up? I mean, after watching game one of the series, I think a day off is great against the Braves. Punt that to September. That's fine. Hopefully, you know, the Phillies are – Playing better by then, or hot, and, and that 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 could be a you know a huge doubleheader. And, and I think I just thought of this last night. But people were like, "Well, why are they not playing a doubleheader today?" And Reese House Reese Hoskins has this charity event this after this evening that's built into the fact that there was a one o'clock game today on the schedule. So I think that's the reason that they didn't punt immediately to a doubleheader today. I think they wanted to protect, you know, that the players are all kind of book to go to Hoskins's big event tonight mm-hmm. all right that's that's fair um so uh, you know I I think the Phillies are going to make the playoffs they're playing a lot better they can't make any ground this team and it's clear to me that the Braves are just a much better team so you know this this uh this notion of that that they're gonna you know run down the Braves I think is unrealistic I think this is just a wild card hunt at this point do you agree totally agree and I think like a year ago, we probably would have been talking more about the division because maybe we didn't understand the the new format as much as we do. But I think we got a really good introduction of that format and that extra wild card and what it means to get that extra wild card. And, and odds are, if you win that second wild card spot, you're probably playing pretty hot baseball at the end of the season. So you go into the playoffs on a roll. You're going on the road, which the Phillies did last year against a team that's not because the, the you know the top team's got to buy, so you're you're playing a team that's probably not that good, and you're you're it's not and it's a best of three. It's not the one game wild card that they used to have, you know, back in the day. So I think it's fine to look at it that way to, to start looking at the wild card standings. It's it's almost July. It, you know, the season's kind of blowing past us right now. So I look at the wild card and I look at who's in the wild card right now. There's some teams in there that are. Probably not going to be there in September. So you can start, you know, no disrespect to the Miami Marlins. You know, you can you can kind of look past them. And you look at who's coming out of the West. I, I like the Dimebacks. I like the Dodgers. And then I think the big competition is probably going to be the Mets for that second wild card spot. And they stink right now. So, uh, you know, that, that has the look of a, of a Mets team that could just, just implode. A Mets team. Uh, so... But but I went. We mentioned we talked about this in the first segment of the podcast. Uh, I, I look at the Braves and I marvel. 
Um, you know, and, and the rotation, they, they were supposed to have Max Fried and Kyle Wright and Soroka and then Dylan Doggers down. All of a sudden, they pop a 20-year-old kid into the rotation today. And then they get this guy, Bryce Elder, uh, and then uh, Jared Schuster. I mean, it, and the Phillies are struggling to find guys. The disparity in the organization, how does it get this way? I don't, I don't know. And, you know, Phillies can't find five, and the Braves seem like they have ten. And if you go back to the 90s, that's how the Braves became the Braves of, the, of that era. So they always had good starting pitching. They, they know how to produce it. They know how to develop it. They know how to, you know, go out and identify it. And the Phillies have tried, like, to, you know, you look at who they drafted. They, you know, they drafted a lot of starting pitchers in, in this rebuild era, and uh, most of them didn't pan out. So is it the poor drafting? Is it poor, was it poor player development for a while? They just they've struggled with with starting pitching and as Andy McPhail's faults. There's always one thing that he said that always sticks with me, and about how hard it is to um, sign to you. You want to you need to produce your own starting pitching because if you if you rely on the free agent market for starting pitching, you're, you're paying at a premium and you're paying for somebody that's probably broken down. So I always think about that, and that is the biggest you know hindrance to, to this rebuild error of Phillies baseball in the last five years is that they, they've had to, they've struggled to produce their own starting pitching. They've had to go out and either acquire the trade deadline, pay a premium or get guys like a Matt Moore, a Chase Anderson in the free agent market that don't pan out. And it's just that that's like the biggest hurdle. And, and this year I don't give, well, you know, it, it's like almost inexcusable this season that they don't have a fifth starter where you're, you re- relied on a 19-year-old, like they're in this spot because a 19-year-old who never pitched in the majors got hurt in spring training, and a guy that was kind of questionable, you know, up and down last year, got got you know d- didn't pitch well. So, so now you're down to some guy that no one ever heard of before, you know, a couple weeks ago. So I don't know. I just thought they needed a you know a better safety net than, than what they had. Uh, Matt, how do you think this plays out now as we, we get towards the, the, the all-star break, the trade deadline, all that kind of stuff, and what they would possibly do? Uh, Harper looks like, uh, at least they say, they're not going to have him thrown until after the all-star break. What does that mean? Does he play right field? Does he play first base? Do they try to then grab an outfielder who's more defensive-oriented and, and, and have Schwarber's the DH? What do you, how do you think this plays out with this lineup? Yeah, I think Harper's – if Harper plays in the field this season, he'll play first base. And I think that might even still be, I, they said till after the all-star break, but that when, when once you start hearing timelines like that, I say, think that you might even push it a little further than that. So safe to assume he's your DH for a while. I, I think you need a bat and corner outfield is probably where you could, but, but then again, if, I, if Harper's a DH, you're, you're where you're putting Schwarber and Castellano. So you, you need a bat in center field, but, I said, it's just tough. I, I don't, I, I, you know, you look at shortstop and second base and that that's set third base is set. I, I think you can, you'd have to get creative and you'd have to have, you know, Harper ability to play first base. And then that kind of frees you up to put, like you said, to put Schwarber or Castellanos in the DH spot. And then you go out and get a corner outfielder. But I don't, I, I think that the Harper thing's a big thing that the fact that he, it's great that he's back and he's in the lineup, but, you really, you know, sooner rather than later to let him play the field because then it gives you that flexibility when the deadline's here in a month 
that you can go out and get it, get somebody that can play the corner outfield. Because right now, those are your two best bats, and you're obviously not taking them out of the lineup. All right. Uh, we're talking to Matt Breen, features writer for the Inquirer, um, who, who comes up with entertaining stories all the time. Uh, you're doing a fantastic job in this role, Matt. So I like uh, the change that they, they made with you. Thanks, Mike. Uh, but let's uh, so let's go all over. Let's go around the world, as we say, <laughs> and hit some other teams. So uh, I'm just going to throw the Sixers at you. No draft picks tonight. Hardened situation. Sixers. Matt Breen, what do you got to say? I, I hope that the that James Harden is somewhere else. No disrespect to James Harden. He's a Hall of Fame player. Um, has a great career. Had some great moments a month ago for the Sixers, but I think if you're giving a guy like that, you know, a multi-year contract, you're paying for past performance, and you're not, you know, I think you you know what that Sixers team did, and you know what they will do. Um, I think they need somebody that is like a, uh, you know, has that like killer, that dog mentality, um, that you know can win win you a game in the fourth quarter. They they were missing that obviously in the playoffs. Um, and I think someone that can bring, I think Joel Embiid has that mentality. We've seen that mentality. And I think you need somebody, you know, like a, you know, a partner that, that can bring that out in them. Uh, okay. Um, do they make a move tonight? You think, is there, is there a, is there a trade on the horizon tonight that involves Tobias Harris? That that's the deal. Like that's, that's, I think it's such a, He's it is a kind of a nice asset to have right now because teams are looking, you know, teams that are looking to get out of big contracts are, are obviously they need to take money on and it's an expiring contract. So it's a great asset to have if you could, you know, ship him for someone like, you know, obviously Brad would be one elsewhere. But if that's like that, that could be your that's your kind of dance partner, somebody that a Washington Wizards type team that needs to get out of a contract, Damian Lillard, whatever that is. So. I, I don't know if it happens tonight. I think that obviously that's the trade. That's probably the best pivot for them to do this offseason is to trade Harris to get somebody like that. And I don't know if it happens tonight, but I'm going to say it happens, you know, sometime this summer. Okay. Uh, let's move around the world to, uh, to the Flyers. I'm not sure. I didn't check the news today. They may have hired another ex-Flyer as a, a front office uh, guy, but I, I didn't I didn't see that if they did. But they did restyle their uniforms, and, and the fans seem to be optimistic about this new regime. Your thoughts? I love the uh, – it's the new shade of orange is like their motto, but it's everything's it's the old uniforms. Like they're paying homage to the old uniforms. They got all the old Flyers, which I don't mind because like – now it's like they were your flyers before. Now they're my flyers. Like, you know, John LeClaire's in the front office. That's awesome. Like that was when they got – they did the LeClaire-Desjardins trade. That was like one of the best days of my childhood. So I need Eric Desjardins back. That was my guy. Um, I'm sure – I don't know what he's doing right now, but I bet he would be a great assistant to the GM. And uh, I just – I don't know. It's better it, – I mean, it can't be worse, right? Like it was, it was so bad. Yeah, it um, could be. It could be it worse. Could be. Yeah, they could hire me to be the GM. But I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I like Dan Hilferty. Um, I think that was like, you know, a Philly guy, a guy that kind of understands the market. Um, seems like he's really smart from what, you know, interviews I've listened to and stuff I've read about him. So that that's – I like that. Um, Danny Briere, like you saw um, – a little bit in the last few seasons, like little things he was like behind analytics kind of stuff with the flyer. So he seemed like 
obviously we knew him as a great player and it seemed like, Oh, well, he's actually, he's a pretty smart guy too. Um, went to Wharton for his um, grad grad school. So I, I, I like the way they're going. Keith Jones. obviously is great. You're feeding into it. I like it. You're feeding into the whole optimism thing. Yeah, why not? That's I mean, awesome. You can't be negative. Give him a chance. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be negative in October. Okay. All right. Let's move on now. Now, the Eagles, I don't know what to say about them because it's like, here's what it feels like to me. We're sitting on a trunk and somebody said, you know, there's a lot of gold in that trunk. (laughs) And and you just have to wait till September to open it to to see how much gold is in it. Right? We're we're in limbo with that. It's like a dream team. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I loved, like when DeAndre Swift, when the Lions drafted Gibbs in the first round, it was obvious they had to trade Swift, and Swift had like been on the, it kind of been on the outs with the Lions a lot with ever since Dan Campbell was there, and Philly guy loved watching them play, and I was like that would be so awesome if they got Swift, but probably too good to be true. Next thing you know, the next day it happens for really nothing that you know they get him for free, and I just think people are going to really fall in love with this guy. Um, super dynamic. Uh, catches pass out of the backfield, runs routes out of the backfield. Um, just really, really good player. And I think he's like, and if you use him in tandem where they, they would, they, they usage in Detroit was so bizarre with him. I think if you use him in tandem with a Rashad Penny or um, Kenny, Kenny Gamewell, if that, you know, there's a way to really maximize his skill set, And I think he's going to really, open this offense up a lot. I'm, I'm just excited. That's honestly, I can't wait to watch him play in the Eagles uniform. Oh, well, it seems like we're gonna have a lot of Eagle stories from you, uh, which leads me to <laughs> my last question for you. Um, you're in a position now where you hunt stories and hunt interesting stories, which is a, it's a dream for a journalist. Uh, I'm curious to know though, how you hunt them. Your last story, you found uh, seats in Connie Mack stadium that are in some other stadium. How, how on earth do you find these stories? And, and tell me a little bit about that's how you found that one. Yeah, every they're all they all come from different places and random places. If I read something, I see something on Twitter, I see, you know, watching a TV show, whatever, like you're watching a game. But this one was my mother-in-law's you know, longtime boyfriend played in the minor leagues with the Phillies in the 80s. So when we're down the shore, we're always just like, you know, I'll throw names at him and we'll talk about guys that he played with or played against tons of, you know, it's kind of like a Forrest Gump type thing where he, he's like encountered everybody has all these fun stories. And he's like, uh, tell me about Duncan Park, this place in Spartanburg, South Carolina. You should write about this place. You know, they, it was such a cool, everybody played there. They had these seats from Connie Mack. And I'm like, my head, I'm like, that's not a story. I'm like, what am I going to write? <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm not like, I don't write encyclopedias. So then I'm thinking, I'm like, I, I look it up and we've never written about it. Um, I called somebody and I was like, Jim Salisbury. And I was like, did you ever write about this? Because it was up his alley. He's like, no, but I wanted to. And I was like, you know, I'm trying to find a hook. Like I'm trying to find a way to write about it. And I was like, you know, because it seems like there's probably something. I think people are like this. And uh, I always try to find a hook. And maybe I didn't need a hook. I don't know. Maybe I could have just wrote about the place. But it was 85 years ago in July, the Phillies moved in the middle of the season from Baker Bowl to Connie Mack State to what was then Shy Park. So I could at least go to like my boss and be like, I'm not just writing about a random place. I have like some type of, you know, made up a news hook for it. And I called the guy in South Carolina randomly. This guy, John Barron, found his number online. 
he uh, answered his phone. Happy to talk to me. I hunted. I looked at rosters. I Gene Shaw, a Philly guy. I was. I emailed him. He called me right away. Boa called me back the next day. And part of the job, like that, I'm always blown away with is that I, I you have these like outlandish ideas. Like I wanted to write about some random ballpark in South Carolina, and people answer their phone and they talk to you. And it's always like. I don't know. It's just, it's just a neat, it's a, my favorite part of the job is like, I'm a super curious person. I want to know things. I want to ask people questions and people always seem to be willing to to talk to someone they really don't know. So it's, it, that was another neat story to do. That's good stuff. But see, you also need those kind of stories to mature and you, they, they need to leave the writer alone. I'm curious to know what the editing's like at the inquiry right now, where they go, yo, Yo, we need one. We need something, you know, and 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 you hatch something that you're really not ready to hatch. Yeah, I, they're they're good. They 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 they're definitely good with me. But I, I'm also, um, I have like a I, I like to work. Not that I like to work quick, but I'm always working, and I'm always I, I just keep busy. I'm juggling like like right now. I'm juggling like three stories at once, and I, I just like that's just how I am. That's how I always kind of have been. Um, like right now I'll tell you like my next, not my next story, but my next like bigger story is everyone's calling the Eagles to Philadelphia Bulldogs because they drafted all these Georgia guys. So we remember the Philadelphia Bulldogs were that roller hockey team that Tony Danza owned. So I called, I'm calling a bunch of these guys. And again, it's like, these guys have done like great things in their life. Like the guy I talked to, his name's on the Stanley cup three times as an executive. And he spent like 45 minutes on the phone, just telling me these, all these stories about this roller hockey league at the spectrum. So it's always like, it's fun. It's for me, like I enjoy it because it's sometimes I honestly feel like I'm writing it for myself, like the Duncan Park story. And the next thing you know, I put it out there and every, you know, I get, that's the most story I've got emails about because it connected. There's a lot of people, like we all think the same way. We're all interested in the same quirky things. You know, if you're from here, that's what you grew up on. We all remember the Bulldogs. We remember Frank Powell Alice. We remember, you know, I don't remember, but I grew up hearing about Connie Mack Stadium. So that that's fun. It's fun trying to find that angle and find, you know, really focus on what's going to resonate with people. Matt, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks so much for coming on the Mike Missinelli podcast. And we'll have you on again if you're willing. Thanks a lot, Mike. I appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. All right. Take care. It's the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, thanks to Matt Breen. Always nice to talk to Matty. Uh, it is time now on the podcast for something we do every podcast called Mike Unleashed, where I go off on various topics. You never know where I'm going to go with this. Some are sports, some are not. Well, let's start Mike Unleashed with some sports today. I was reading Twitter this week, and there was a discussion uh, on Twitter on who the top 10 current Philadelphia athletes are. This is always good. You can always do this in a timely fashion. You always back and look. It's a sliding scale most of the time with the top athletes that are in Philadelphia. So I selected my top 10, and then I'm going to go into the top 10 of all time. But let's start with the top 10 current ranked star athletes and how they're ranked in order. Uh, and Darren, uh, at the end, you can, um, after I unveil these, and you don't know who I put on this list, but you can either uh, you can argue or not. You can disagree. You can agree, whatever. So right now, I have as the top Philly athletes right now playing in professional sports. Are you giving me in order? These are in order. In order. Uh, I'll go number one, okay. Harper. Number two, Embiid. Number three, Hertz. 
Number four, Lane Johnson. Number five, Zach Wheeler. Number six, Jason Kelsey. Uh, number uh, seven, Hassan Reddick. Number eight, James Harden. Number nine, Trey Turner. And number 10, a slight nod to A.J. Brown over Devontae Smith. Your comments, sir. A.J. Brown. Who, who'd you take over A.J. Brown over? A.J. Brown over Devontae Smith. Over Devontae, yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely A.J. Brown over Devontae Smith. Okay, so I agree with you so far. I got Harper, definitely. I would probably put Hurts over. I would flip-flop Hurts and Embiid. Um, you would put Hurts over Embiid. Yeah, I would. The MVP of the league you're talking about yeah, here. Yeah, I, I, I know. Um, yeah, that's insanity. But go. <laughs> um, Lane, she got Lane Johnson, and we. Oh man, that's tough too. I, I, yeah, I think Lane Johnson probably deserves to be top five. He really is. He he means more to the team than people realize. You just look at the splits when he's in the game when he's not. I love Jason Kelsey. I'm surprised you put Kelsey um, at one, two, three, four in top five because you're always like, ah, he's a center. He's, he's a center. He's he's sixth. Uh, one, Wheeler is right. I skipped Harper. Yeah, so six. Even six is, is high, I would think. Um, I'm okay with that. I don't know why you have James Harden on the list. I would probably – I'm trying to think who I would replace him with. Um Led the league in assists, average over twenty points. Yeah, I know he's, he's good. I know you hate him, but you, I mean, come on. I don't. I don't hate Harden. I really you, don't. You, you can't, how is he not on the list? All right, you know he just doesn't show up in the postseason, man. That, that means a lot you're, to you're me. Letting, you're letting you're letting stuff influence you. I don't hate Harden. Not a Harden hater. NBA regular season, it, it's not pointless, but it's just north of pointless to be on. If we're being honest. Okay. So regular season stats are more. Guy, ten and twenty is not in the top ten right now in in, in your Philly athletes. No, so, no, because so that's all regular season. Who am I missing? I'm trying to think who you're missing. You, you defense, can't think of anybody. Eagles, is there this anybody is the you do? This is what you do. You know, I would probably you disagree. I would but you don't have Bradbury. anybody. I would. I'm a big Bradbury guy. You know, Bradbury. I am. I think he's better than Slay. Come on, yeah, over in the top ten. Oh, James Harden. You just sprung this on me. We don't do like, – when we throw things at each other, people that are listening, I don't give you prep. No, 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 seriously. You, in your brain, Bradbury would no, be a top 10 guy? No, I I'm just trying to think of somebody who I would take Harden off the list to put in. You don't <clears> think of anybody. That's why you know, it's, it's gold. Man, there's nobody on the Flyers, obviously. There's no one else on the sixth. There you go. Maxi over Harden. Done. Oh, uh, you know what? That's probably good. Ma- yeah, there you go. go. Yeah, it's he pretty good. He doesn't go over Harden, but Maxi probably deserves consideration. So if there's one guy I missed, it might be Maxi. But I can't take off uh, Harden, Turner, or AJ Brown and put Maxi on there. Yeah, I could take Harden off, and I'm not a Harden hater. I'm really not. You're putting Maxi over Harden. I would. I would move Turner and AJ Brown. I put Maxi at ten, and see you later, Harden. All right. Yeah, I think you're wrong. Anyway, <laughs> let's go now with the top ten of all time. Okay, all right. Well, Will right Gaffney, top ten of all time. Here's what yeah. I got. Top five: Wilt, Schmidt, Reggie, Doc, Clark. Schmidt, <clears throat> Reggie, Doc, <clears throat> Clark, Clarky. 
Okay. Second. Yeah. Five. AI. Right. Carlton. Right. Barkley. McNabb. Perrant. Barkley. <clears throat> McNabb. Okay. Wow. That's a good, that's a strong list right there. I can't argue with your top five at all. Um, now, under consideration was Jimmy Rollins and Brian Dawkins. Uh, I, I love Dawkins. He's a safety. Though. Um, man. So, you want somebody who's a, I have a rational hate for? Which you think I have a rational hate for uh, Harden? I have irrational hate for Steve Carlton, and I'll tell you why. I have a it's a brief story. It's a fifteen second story. I was like sixteen years old. We're walking into the vet. Bunch of my buddies and I from high school. He's standing. If you remember Veterans Stadium, they had the elevators that went up to the boxes and the upper levels, and they were you actually got on them at the ground level outside of the stadium. He's standing waiting for the elevator. He's waiting for the elevator. I walk over very gentlemanly, calmly with one of those throwaway cameras and say, "Lefty, uh, can I get a quick picture with you? My friend will take it. We'll take one second. He goes uh, after the game. I will do it after the game. So I go. As the elevator doors open, I go, am I supposed to stand here and wait for you till after the game? And I just walked away. I got, that's a, that's a creep. First of all, that was longer than 15 seconds. Second of all, is the category of Philadelphia all-time athletes, but they can't be jerks? Yes. Is that, is that, was that the category? Uh, what are you, 17? So the guy wasn't nice to you, so you don't put him on the list? Yeah. No, I just said I have a rational hate for him. Uh, uh, that's all. all. Right. That's, that's enough of that. I uh, thought I was going to get yeah, better. No, I can't argue with your that. top 10. That's I'll, terrible I'll input from you. All right, let's move on. Now, uh, Sports Talk Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, their morning show on ESPN Radio, gone. They're clipping those guys. Uh, but but here, it's nothing against those guys. First of all, I don't. I think you, to do a morning show, you, you have to do more than what they do. They do analysis, and it's boring. Their show's boring. But in general... Sports Talk Radio, in my opinion, does not work nationally. It only works locally. It only works regionally, where you can really get into the dynamics of the team you root for. Otherwise, it's boring. Nobody who follows their teams are, not. No, I shouldn't say nobody, but a small minority of people want to talk about those kind of national issues. Am I right or am I right? Uh, to an extent, I think you're right. I like listening to uh, MLB Network Radio. I listen to NFL. Ne- There's a couple NFL. Like, I think it's the uh, the PM Drive show they have on NFL Network Radio. That's good. Uh, Jim Miller used to be on that. There's a couple guys, but uh, for the most part, you're probably right. Jim Miller and Pat. Yeah, Pat Curl. I used to listen to those guys. Yeah. Uh, okay, but you're uh, yeah, and I'm a football head. So I'm talking about like in general, the fan, like we used to go through this all the time. We used to run uh, ESPN, uh, Mike and Mike Golick, the, the morning show. It doesn't do well in Philadelphia. National shows don't do well in Philadelphia. You, you can you can get away with them in yeah, other, other markets, markets smaller markets, fine, sure. whatever. You can't get away. National radio is not going to work in major cities where you have a thriving professional. Yeah, well, you didn't say that at first. I agree with you in the major market, top four, top five major sports markets, not going to work. But I'm sure it works in Alabama where there's no pro teams. Maybe, maybe it works, but they they rather hear about the SEC <laughs> down there. So, uh, all right, so uh, that's uh, the Mike Unleashed for today. Um, 
Let's move on to a new segment on the Mike Missinelli show. It's it's called this segment is called This May or May Not Be Fake News. Uh, and and we should have a theme in a da 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 this may or may not be fake news. All right. So Darren, I'm gonna run this by you. You tell me if this is fake news or not. Okay. Okay. Yep. Good. All right. Um hang on here. Let me find here it is. All right. Uh a poll was taken amongst Republicans ranking the top five news stories of all time. Number five, Titanic sinks. Number four, the Hindenburg explodes. Number three, the Berlin Wall comes down. Number two, the stock market crashes, creating the Great Depression. And number one, Hunter Biden's laptop. Wait, this is all time. The top five news stories of all time that Republicans ranked, apparently. I'm going to say it's fake news. It's got to be fake. Did you not get that? Yeah. Did you not get I the joke? The joke. Ha- Did you oh, not get the joke? You see, folks, how hard it is to do a show with this guy? Dude. Well, maybe. You actually consider that? First of all. Once I got the Hunter Biden's laptop, it becomes a gag. <laughs> all right. That's enough of that. Let's go now to uh, the segment we call the Weird and Wild today on the Mike Missinelli podcast. We're having a little fun today. This We're bouncing all crazy. around the thing. All right, the weird and wild today. We'll start out with uh, the bowling story. <laughs> All right, now. All right. I, I, this is not really funny. All right, but I, I guess in a way it is because what's funny about it is the headline. That's the, the, the funniest part of the whole thing. Um, so here's the headline for the story. Spare relationship causes awkward split. Now, this is a story where the assistant bowling coach of the women's bowling team at uh, Stephen Austin, Stephen F. Austin University, which eagle came from Stephen F. Austin? By oh, way. it's a lineman. I forget it. Which one no, it's line. not. It's a linebacker. Jeremiah Trotter came from Stephen F. Austin. Uh, okay. So, um, Steve Lemke, assistant bowling coach, had an affair with one of the bowlers on the team. And he is married to the head coach, Amber Lemke. Uh, Your thoughts? Uh, It kind of gives a whole new definition to the concept of a split. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I can't, you know, you guys make foolish decisions. Every affair situation is a foolish decision. But that is, without question, the most foolish decision I have ever heard in, in, in a genre of having an affair. How close to home can you possibly get? The best part of the story, and I'm sure you're going to read it, is what he said about it and how he almost felt like he deserved it. He says, I knew it was kind of a no no, but there's not a rule saying it can't happen. There's not a law saying I'm going to go to jail for doing something like this. There's nothing in stone, I guess. It's just an ethics code. We frown upon it, but there's really no law broken. <laughs> oh, all he cared about was, I can't go to jail for this, right? Uh, all right, let's go. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, he made a preemptive strike on one of the lady bowlers. Uh, see what I did there? Uh, all right, in, in any event, the relationship is over. He got fired. It's a no can do. Right, I want to know the, uh, the follow-up to that story. Are they still married? 
Like no, they split up. Yeah. yeah, she she filed for divorce. Come on, there you go. We think she's gonna hang around and watch him roll the ball again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's move on and talk about the great snail, the giant snails that have been found in Broward County, Florida. That's right, folks. Uh, only in Florida could this happen. <laughs> giant snails as big as a fist. <laughs> are sliming around down there in Florida. Uh, they are African snails. I don't know how they got here, but they are now being seen, and it's dangerous because they could cause meningitis, um, but it, and they carry a parasite. Uh, it's called, or the parasite they carry is rat lungworm. And they, but the problem is they feed on crops. So tomatoes and corn and all the stuff they're growing in Florida these snails are sliming around, and you can't come in contact with the slime. Another reason to want me to move to Florida, I'll tell you. Now, giant snails, I got to worry about. Like, 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 you can't wake up and go in the backyard, and there's a Gila monster hissing at me. Now, there's a giant snail in my backyard. How, how hard could it be to catch and kill these things? They don't move. How do you know these props? <laughs> they're slimed up. All right. The third story is a story that I read about a guy who uh, I've read this in the New York Times. Uh, a man's wife lives in a nursing home for the last seven years. Um, they haven't had they haven't been intimate for 10 years. He wants to know if it would be proper for him to take a lover. <laughs> Your thoughts. I don't think he understands the concept of marriage. Nobody understands the concept of marriage on this show. Apparently, she wants nothing to do with him, that she doesn't really have to live in the nursing home. She could live with him, but she prefers to live in the nursing home because she likes being taken care of, and he says she's a narcissist. <laughs> Under those parameters, can he take a lover? Get a divorce, then you can do it. No, the answer is no until you get a divorce. She won't give him a divorce. Then do whatever you want. <laughs> he wants a divorce. <laughs> She won't divorce him. Sorry, I offered the divorce. I'm out. <laughs> take, All right. This may lover. have seemed like a, a frivolous show to you today, <laughs> folks, but we just wanted to have a little fun <laughs> since there's really just... nothing pressing going on in the world of sports. So we hope uh, you enjoyed today's podcast. It, it is time to close it out and tell you about the great people uh, that bring us this podcast, the great people at Bet Rivers. Don't forget to download that Bet Rivers app, and you can play all kinds of sports and bet on sports and, and play casino games and all that stuff. And it's really easy to use, user friendly. Uh, and uh, you know, I haven't I haven't made a bet since uh, I lost a few on golf, but that's the way it works in betting. You know, you sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. That's why I'm taking out a million dollars and betting on Victor Wembanyama being the first pick in tonight's draft, where I can't freaking lose and I make myself an extra five grand. How's that? All right. Also, check out my video blog. I do one every Friday on my website, MikeMiss.com. Go to my website, MikeMiss.com, because we are doing now a concept. We're going to reform the old concept of sound off. I used to do on the radio to close out all my radio shows. And all you got to do is send me a kind of a sound off type email before, you know, you call up, you leave a message, right? It's just as easy. You sit down, you type me an email. And the, and the great emails will be selected. You will get Mike Miss swag. I'm looking at the Mike Miss podcast hats. They're gorgeous. I'm looking at the quarter zips and the golf shirts. They're fantastic. And we'll send you one. All you got to do is kind of get my attention with a great sound off type of email, and you'll win. And go to do that. You go 
Mike at MikeMiss.com. That's the email address you use. Mike at MikeMiss.com. M-I-K-E-M-I-S-S.com. And line it up. Think of something. Provide. Listen, it may be something off the wall. But if it gets my attention, uh, you're going to win. If you're going to analyze sports, have a, a poignant point, well, you're going to win. Uh, it's wide open to whatever you think is clever or informative or entertaining to get my attention, and we will send you some Mike Miss podcast swag. Again, the website is MikeMiss.com. Check out my video blog, and you can get in touch with me on Twitter at MikeMiss25. And I might be down at my winery this week. So the Tally Vineyards and in Cape May Courthouse, uh, New Jersey, I think I'm going to wander down there. I'm going to see a concert down there tomorrow night. Cold War Kids and Tears for Fears. Tears for Fears was one of my go-tos back in the day. I love Tears for Fears. So anyway, I'm going to be down to shore. I'll stop at the vineyard and, and pick up some wine for my own uh, purposes. And the Tally Vineyards is in Cape May Courthouse, New Jersey. Uh, if you can make a day trip, it might be the weather might not be good. It's a great day trip to get down to the winery, hang out. Maybe I'll be there. We'll have a glass of wine together at Natalie Vineyards, and you can look online at NataliVineyards.com. Anything else, Darren? Do we have anything else to say today? A couple good guests lined up for July. General Manager of the Flyers. We got Mike Jarek from uh, Fox Good Day Philly, and a couple other uh, really good guests coming to you next month. All right, fantastic. Thanks for listening, everybody. Tell your friends and neighbors. Get the podcast. uh, Download it. Subscribe for free. It'll come to your box every week. Uh, and we're, uh, we aim to have fun on the podcast. So everybody have a great week. Have a great rest of the day. We will talk to you next week on the Mike Missinelli Podcast. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Mike Missinelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.